Hello, hello, Calvary Carlsbad. Good morning. Happy Sunday to you. Uh, doing things a little bit different today, as you can see. A little bit more close up, a little more just kind of mellow and chill. And um, you know what? Because it's just, it's a different season. And so that's cool. Let's just roll with that and be adaptable, moldable, and let God use it. But we are in Galatians chapter 5. We'll be going through verses 16 through 26 this morning in uh, the message titled, The Power to Really Change. And um, sometimes you wonder, do I really have the ability to change? And a lot of people, are, you've experienced it, we've experienced it. But we'll see, this is, there is power to really dynamically change and the power comes from God. We're going to get into that this morning. Let's pray. Let's read. Actually, let's first read. We'll start uh, verses 16 through 26, and we'll pray and we'll get started. Um, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Let's pray and we'll get started. Lord, we uh, come before you this morning and we all need change. We all need to grow. We all need to crucify or mortify the flesh. We need uh, help from you, God, to, to walk in the spirit, to live in the power. And so, God, we pray that you'd you touch us this morning, that you convict us, that you teach us, that you'd reveal who you are to us this morning, and that we would be, um, Lord, changed. You touch our hearts, at a, you touch us at that heart level, and, and um, God, that we would, we would be different, and we would experience your power. We would experience your life. So, uh, God, we thank you. You're so good to us. You're so gracious and merciful. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, yes, the power to really change. Uh, as I've mentioned the last couple weeks, uh, as we've been going through this, there's three sections in Galatians, and we're in that walking, that, that uh, Christian living produced by that walking in the Spirit. This is a life of faith, and this is where we truly see the law can't fulfill, we can't fulfill the law. We cannot uh, be justified by the law because the only way that we can fulfill or we can, um, I guess, 
accomplish the things of the law, it's going to be by the Spirit because it is through Jesus that we the, the law has been fulfilled. And so as the Spirit's working in us, as we're walking in the Spirit, as we have the fruits of the Spirit being evident and produced in our lives, then the, the outcome will be that the law, it's like nothing because we're living in life. So we don't have to look at that and worry about that because we'll know we're lined up because it's the Lord moving in us. It's the Holy Spirit moving in us. Verse 16, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Um, the solution is not the law, but the spirit, okay? Just like we we're saying like, Trying to be good or trying to be holy or, or trying your very best not to make mistakes doesn't make you holy, but it's the grace of God that, that puts us at a place of mercy where just did the, the devotion on um, the jars of clay, that the power and the excellence may be of him and not of us. So that it puts us in that place of humility or it puts us in that place just like Paul where he's like, uh, I will glory in my weakness because your strength is made so much more evident in my weakness. I'm going to glory in that. I, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to boast in my infirmity because you are the one that's doing it in us. So as we're looking at this walk in the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. As we're actively walking in the spirit, then we won't be fulfilling the lust of the flesh. This is a natural outflow or a fruit of being connected with God. This is how it all comes out. This is the outflow of that, right? So if we're trying to just not sin, you're going to miss the point, right? I've used this example many times, but uh, I love mountain biking. And, and one of the things you have to learn is not to look at the thing you're trying to avoid. If all you're doing is focusing on the thing you're trying to avoid, you will hit that thing because it's owning your attention. It is all that you're focused on. It is all that you can see. And so if I'm trying not to hit a certain rock or I'm not trying to stay out of like a, you know, a rut or I'm trying to stay out of just whatever, dropping my front wheel into something that shouldn't, the best thing I can do is look at exactly where I want to go, not where I don't want to go. Because wherever your eyes are focused, your body will follow. So those who are focused on the law or, you know, making sure you don't sin, you don't do this, you don't do that, your life is surrounded or cover. It's all about sin, which was a good thing when the law was doing what it was supposed to be doing, which is convicting the world of sin. But once you are trying to fulfill the, the, the law and trying to look to that as some way of making yourself justified before God and using that as like your you know, growth model or whatever, this is, this is a problem because you're just going to be focused on all the things. Don't do this. 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 That was never the point. The point was to live with him, walk in the spirit, an active living relationship that will produce fruit. And as we're walking with him and as we have a relationship with him, sin starts losing its appeal and you'll kind of like think, I haven't really even thought about that in a while. You're not thinking, okay, today I have to avoid this sin, this sin, this sin, this sin, this sin. They'll come up. The sin will come up. You'll notice it. You'll see problems in your life. You'll see stuff that you're like, all right, that's toxic. That's got to go. That's not good. That's not where I need to be. But the fact of the matter is, if all you're doing is looking at that, you're going to miss the point. If you're walking with him, you'll just 
be walking with him. And he'll be naturally producing this thing in you. It's so beautiful and it's so simple. And that's why Paul's like, you guys, please don't get hung up. This is true liberty. This is true freedom. This is where you will see change. Liberty was not meant to, you know, use sin or to like allow sin. It's the opposite. Liberty was meant to help us to uh, like be done with sin and walk in the spirit, which is where there is life. This is, we need to be filled with the spirit and then we can walk in the spirit. That's another part of it, right? We need his filling. Simply living in the spirit is a life that leads to life. We want to be there. This is true freedom. Uh, we're not like trying to avoid the flesh. We are just focused on him, walking with him, actively walking and, and letting him have access to our lives and truly excited about what he's doing. That is where life is found. Verse 17, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. I remember hearing Billy Graham years ago, like when I first got saved, I, I was in the shower, I could hear the shower radio and it was Billy Graham and he was talking about, there's two dogs fighting. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna really do the Billy Graham thing because that's, I'm not very good at that one, but uh, but he's talking about there's two dogs fighting in your life and, and uh, one is the flesh and one is the spirit and whichever one you're feeding is gonna, the one that's gonna be stronger. That's the one that's gonna rule the day and it's gonna be winning. It's always stuck with me that whatever you are feeding, that will be winning. And it's important to recognize what we are feeding because there is a war going on. There's the flesh and the spirit and they're battling against each other because they have two very different ideas and very different goals in your life, right? The flesh is about self-satisfaction. It will never work. I mean, I can't, we, how many times do we have to try and teach ourselves or like convince ourselves that somehow this time will be different. Somehow this time it's gonna give me what I was looking for. It's this time I'll get satisfaction out of it. This time it's gonna work. I, it never works. Spoiler alert, right? It just doesn't work. It's never going to work. And so that is, that's the flesh. And then there's the spirit side, which is life leading to life. It's the Holy Spirit came and, and was the promise of Jesus, this promised helper that would come and that would empower us, right? And it would convict the world of sin and it would produce these, these fruits and these gifts and, and it would be life that would lead to life all around us. It would be like this living garden of life. It's like this, the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. This is where we want to be because one promises everything and will always leave us wanting while on the other side, the other one will, will, it will only fulfill us and it will be greater than you could ever imagine. And as much as you could think that it's a good thing, it's way better than that. It's life, it's fulfillment, it's being used by God, it's having purpose and having meaning and having, you're, you're connected with him. 
the promise helper that will lead you and will guide you and will lead you into truth. This is the spirit. But they fight against each other. And a lot of times we see, and these are contrary to one another, so you, you do not do the things that you wish. Uh, kind of sounds like Paul in Romans chapter 7 when he's like, the, you know, Romans 7, 19, he says, For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil that I will not to do, that I practice. And there's some who say, you know, this was Paul before he was a Christian or, you know, and, and there's kind of different philosophies on that. Uh, but I think if your will is to glorify God, it might not, it sounds like someone who's been redeemed. And can we all relate to this? I think absolutely we can relate to this. And we see the apostles could fall at any moment. They were, none of them were above uh, making mistakes or falling. And, and so, you know, we have that as an, as our example, but that's the idea. And Paul ends with that whole, you know, section in Romans chapter seven. And he, he's like, Oh, wretched man that I am. And he sees that the flesh that is inside of him, there's nothing good there. There is nothing that is redeemable. And so that's kind of the idea of liberty, right? If we're thinking about liberty and, and we think that the flesh is liberty, that's not liberty. So if you think that that is, if we think, I put myself there because I get it. I'm, I've been there. But I, it's like the more I understand, the more I see that those things are, they are not benign and they're not, not that they're holding you back. They're the opposite of liberty. You are missing out on life. And we're going to kind of get a glimpse as to what the flesh is, the things that are produced by the flesh here. But the spirit is what brings life. The flesh can't, and by the way, the other thing, the flesh can't defeat the flesh. And that's something that's interesting because I kind of had that like mentality and, and you know, you'd hear stories about even a, ex like drug dealers or something that are like, accept Christ or I'll blow your, you know, blow you away. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, <laughs> that's not how that works. You can't like force someone into Christ. It's like, oh no, this works in other ways. Well, the flesh doesn't produce the spirit. We can't use the flesh. The flesh only produces flesh. The spirit is what produces life, right? The flesh won't produce life. So we can't do the whole shortcut thing. Like that's the whole, you know, our, our, Weapons aren't carnal, but they are mighty for pulling down strongholds. It's, it's on a whole nother level, and it's got to come from him. It's like spiritual stuff, and it only comes through the Holy Spirit that we have power to do this. And it's meant to be that way, because what does that do? It makes us lean on God. Verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Very simple. And this is what Paul's trying to get them to understand. Like, you don't need to return to the law because if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under it. You're actually fulfilling it with just by not even trying to, but by having this active relationship with God. And it's got this outflow in our lives and it's beautiful. So it's really simple. It's like, what do I do? How do I walk with him? How do I have power in my life to change, to be led by the Spirit. First of all, again, you have to know Jesus. You have to recognize you're a sinner. You have to ask for forgiveness. You have to come before the Lord and say, I, oh, wretched man that I am, who can deliver me? 
You can deliver me, God. You can deliver me. You can take these chains and break them. You can give me new life. You can cover me with the blood of Jesus. You can remove the separation between us and God, and I can have fellowship with him again. Now, that's that first step. But now, after that, we end up having that fellowship with him. This is where we start walking in that, and we're empowered by his Holy Spirit. We ask him, say, God, empower me by your Holy Spirit. Like, baptize me by your Holy Spirit. Empower me to do the work you've called me to do. And then, Lord, help me to walk in your Spirit. That means that the Holy Spirit, that still, small voice, has access or has a, you have an ear for him to speak to us and to say, all right, that's not where I need to be. This isn't where I need to be. That is where I need you to be. There's someone I can, you know, witness or minister to or speak to or love on or, or whatever. Or here, this is not the place I need to be. Uh, years ago, Tori and I were, we were praying about potentially going and doing something uh, in Portland, Oregon. We'd been praying about, you know, we didn't know what the next step was before we went to Orange County. And, uh, and we were just like, God, if this isn't what you want us to do, make it so clear to us. And I think there was part of us that we wanted to change. And I don't necessarily think it was a bad thing to try and go, go up there and check it out. We went up there and we checked it out and it was like the biggest no we've ever gotten in our entire life. And we thought, this is the Holy Spirit telling us, you don't belong here. Well, the next thing that happened is we ended up getting a job at Kingsfield Church in Aliso Viejo and that was a very important season for us to grow and, and God's used that in a mighty way. So I think he was preparing us for uh, change coming, but uh, he made it very evident, this is not where you belong. And I'm so grateful we were able to hear his voice. There's so many times where we don't and we're missing out on that and we're walking around and we're blind and we have no idea that there's an enemy ready to attack, ready to destroy, ready to take us down. And we're just sitting there kind of like chill about it. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I have no idea. You're heading right into a, a trap. You're heading right into falling in a pit. We need him to guide us and direct us. And, and this is what will produce life. This is what will, um, this is what will make the difference. This is where you will see real change. Because it's not like, all right, good, I'm saved. I'm going to go to heaven. Everything's good. No, we need it every day. And by the way, you were, we were created for fellowship with God. So this is what fellowship with God plays out as. Like it's us and him. Like God, the better I can hear your voice, the better I, I, I will be. The more life I'm going to have in me, the more effective I will be in ministry, the more... Um, the less likely I am to freak out, the less likely I am to try to run away, the less likely I am to fall into sin. These are all things that God is, he wants us to hear his voice. And the Holy Spirit wants to work on us. If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The law is not, means nothing because you are hooked to the source of life. The law is meant to show you, you don't have it. But that's void. That's means not, it's not true because we have a spirit living in us. The law is all about man accomplishing, well, trying to be justified by the law, is man trying to accomplish 
it on their own and to have glory for that and have credit for that. But when we are led by the Spirit, we say it is only God that did it, and it's only God that's sustaining us, and it's only God that can use us, and it's only God that can change us, and it's only... And that gives the power and the honor and the glory to him. And here's the thing. This is not just like lip service. He really does this. This is real. Like he will change you. So you're like, oh, I don't know. Where's God? He's not working in my life. Well, are you being led by the spirit? <laughs> That's a good question. Are we being led by the spirit? Is there any of us that can't grow in this? No, we can all grow in this. The more you grow in it, the more you're going to see how much more you need to grow in it. And we'll see this is really life. This is what it's all about. That's exciting. That's encouraging to me. But God does it. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are, here's the works. They're evident, right? We know these things. This is all around us. Our world is surrounded with this, right? And by the way, we probably all have something in here that's going to convict us. Because we're going to see, like, this is stuff that we can all struggle with. The works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, to get into each one of these would take a long time because there's the whole fruits of this, or there's the whole uh, fruit of the spirit side too. So there's, but I think it's worth kind of doing a, a little bit of a skim here off the top. The works of the flesh are evident: adultery, fornication, sexual uncleanness, sexual sin, right? or lewdness too that can be in there. Idolatry, sorcery, hatred, right? Those are kind of, in a sense, or idolatry, sorcery are kind of lumped in together. God replacement, sexuality replacing God, um, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, and heresies, um, especially up to dissensions. This is um, might makes right, power, anger, rage, um, these are not good things if we see these things in our life. Uh, I was just thinking about my testimony. We're going to do a video with my good friend Brad, and um, he wants to do a testimony thing. And I've been thinking about my testimony. One of the things I was thinking about was um, I, there was no appeal to me to like uh, alcohol and drugs. That just had no appeal to me. Like it wasn't a thing because my, my dad went away and he got clean and sober when I was a kid. And I kind of always had this bitterness towards that stuff. Uh, but one of the things that, that I really like would go back to, and I, I was actually always frustrated when I see kids who didn't seem like they had a rough life, like, oh, I need a drink to get away. It's like, get away from what? Your life's easy. You've got a good life. You don't need to get away from anything. But what I didn't recognize is I would go to a place of anger and wrath and, and I would go to this, but I'd listen to very aggressive music and I, I loved tapping into anger. And I would go there. Whenever I was frustrated, I'd go to that place. Seemed semi-innocent at the time. Down the road, I would reap the fruits of what I had sown. I'd sown into this for years. And guess what happens when you sow into this for years? 
it flares up and you can't control it. <laughs> and I found I've been jumped, I've been fired for assaulting. It, I, it was like, it would show up and all of a sudden I'd snap and I'd be like, what was that? Like, where did that come from? Because I'd been sowing into this and the, the results or the, the works of the flesh were evident. They came out of me. So kind of a side note on that, but I thought it was worth noting. Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Everything is covered here. And there's something that I think every one of us has struggled with, does struggle with. It's important though, to not let these things stick around because what does he say right after that? Of which I tell you before, and just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The idea of practicing such things is allowing it to be part of who you are. We don't belong here anymore. Not to say you're gonna be perfect, not to say some of these things aren't gonna flare up every once in a while, but it is essential that we mortify or crucify the flesh because these things can't be allowed to stick around. And the more that we think, oh, no, it's kind of benign. That's like no big deal. It can kind of just be, here's kind of who I am. It's my struggle, but you know, whatever. It's not that big of a thing. The more we think that way, the more affected we're going to be. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to tear us down and it's going to be a cancer that will grow in our life and it will be a blind spot and it will be a source of sucking out what God wants to do and holding us back. It'll be a chain. It'll be a, uh, it's going to be bondage. And so what's Paul saying is like, this is not, if this is characterizing your life, that is not the people who are going to inherit the kingdom of God. You're missing out on the point. And so, um, and if, you, if we think that this is worth holding on to, that honestly means we just don't know Jesus. And so if you're offended by that, uh, that's actually good news in a sense. Like you just don't know how good he is yet. We just, you miss, we've missed out on how good he is. And the more he reveals to you as he takes away the poison that we're like, no, this is mine. Don't take it. I, I love this. This is my like little, you know, toxic, thing that's keeping me sick. Don't take that from me. As he slowly takes these things away from us and we're like, well, I actually feel better. And he's like, yeah, no wonder. And by the way, I'm not just taking it away and now you have a void in your life. I'm giving you something that will nourish you and will give you life. Here are these things that will bring life. But the fruit of the spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. But the fruit of the Spirit, this is the culmination of walking in the Spirit, of being filled by Him, of being nourished by Him. What's the result? The fruit of the Spirit is love. That's the first and foremost. You will find love. That will be love for God, that's the vertical, and then love for one another. That's got to be there, by the way, right? Remember we were talking about, I think it was like last week even, how are they going to know us? They will know us by our love for one another. That's, what, that's how they're going to know us. So love is the, it is the epitome of, um, the, of result. It's the epitome of like the perfect, um, it's, it's just a symbol of him in us. How do we know love? He loved us. 
right? And then that trickles down. He's forgiven us. We forgive one another because of his great love for us. Love, joy. Joy extends happiness. Joy isn't all about circumstances. Peace. It's the peace that passes understanding, right? These are like deep-rooted, not like, well, today I got a toy I wanted, so I'm happy. Um, but tomorrow I might not get it, and then I would be sad. This is like staple, solid, uh, foundational, core changes in us that come from being built by him. He's building us. It makes a difference who is building us, right? If, you're, if you go out and you buy a car that's built by an inferior um, you know, auto maker, it's, it's gonna be, there's gonna be issues. But when you buy something solid, right, you know you're getting what you're paying for. It's the real thing. This will be evidence that we've been built by the real thing. And they're gonna show off in times of struggle, which right now, that's where we're at. So if God is producing love in you, that's gonna stand out to the world. If he's producing joy in you, that's gonna stand out to the world. If he's producing peace in you, that's really gonna stand out to the world. Long suffering is the idea of being able to continue on and being able to continue like trusting God in the midst of struggle, even when it's been going on for a while. Boy, that's sure something we could use right now. How's it produced? By trying really hard. No, it's by this natural walking with God, choosing to follow him, choosing to honor him, choosing to go with him. Long suffering, kindness and goodness. These two are very similar, right? These two words, they're very similar. Goodness is kind of like, kindness is love for one another and like um, looking out for one another and having being mindful of one another. Goodness actually has a little bit more even to charity on it, like choosing to bless one another on top of it. That's really cool. Faithfulness, something the world doesn't understand. I will leave from here to go to there because I can get a benefit or an advantage out of it. No, that's the world. We want to be faithful and trust God because we know he's doing something. And we will be faithful when we know he's faithful and he's worth leaning into and able to handle it. And uh, he's, he's faithful. He's, he's got it. Gentleness and self-control. Um, this is that idea of being able to walk with this uh, soft spirit, like being able to have love for one another and being able to not get super offended right away, right? Self-control is that ability to not act just because you've been provoked a little bit or someone's kind of come after you, being able to calm down. This will be evidence of what we've been sowing into. These are the fruits of a life that's been sowing into the Spirit, spending time with the Lord, letting Him move in our life, giving Him our ear and allowing Him to speak to us, and then doing what He's asked us to do, spending time in the Word, looking at the, the Scriptures and the promises and helping us to see and understand who God is. A lot of our issues are we don't understand who God is. Who is He? What does He want from me? What is the plan for my life? Well, right here. We can get a very good uh, look at it straight from there. Against such, there is no law. So Paul's defending like, 
look, we need to be filled with the Spirit. Don't worry about the law. Don't return to the, you know, don't listen to the Judaizers and try to return to the law because we have the more excellent way. We have the way. This is, this is what we've all been waiting for. This is what the law was pointing towards, what we needed. This is the answer it's found in him. This, uh, against such there is no law. The Spirit, when active and leading, leads not just to avoiding death, but producing life. It's not just avoiding death, but producing life. Uh, it's, I, I, I'm always concerned, and I've, we've seen this before, when you see Christians just start sin sniffing. And all they're doing is, they're like, this, this is a sin thing. This is a sinful thing. This is a sinful thing. This is a sinful thing. And you're like, okay, I understand. That's true. But how are you going to produce life out of this by just telling people they're guilty? You're guilty. You're guilty. You're guilty. You're guilty. Got it. That's the law. We understand that. Okay. What's the solution? Uh, and so if, if you're not active in your growth and like, God, change me, make me more like you, this is... You're gonna, we're going to miss out, right? And so, verse 24, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. Crucified or uh, the flesh is, is definitively doing away with it. I think if we know who Jesus is and we know what the flesh really is, then we recognize that we do not want it around us. It is dangerous. It's like if you go on a diet or something and you're trying to like drop weight and you're, you're like, if you keep sugar in the house, you are going to eat it at some point, right? You got you to get rid of it. You've got to clean out and that's nothing, whatever sugar, fine. You know, it'll kill you eventually, but it's not like it's a sinful thing to have sugar. But people will not eat sugar, but allow this to stick around. So it's a definitive thing to crucify it. The lie is that sin is life instead of death. Like that is the lie that is told to us all the time. That we're missing out on life. Oh, you're not really living. To believe that sin is life. Sin is not life. Sin is death. And we all know this. We just hold on to the fact that some other kind of sin is maybe more life than what we're experiencing. We know full well sin is death. But a lot of people, they just like, they don't know what else to do. So it has a moment of pleasure, a moment of joy, but long-term, we all know, we, I mean, we've all been there. This is not where we need to be. This is not life, right? But I feel like it, a lot of times, and I've been there myself, where you're like, I, I'm stuck in sin. I don't know how to get out and I don't even know where to go. Let's help, okay? Let us help. Go to Jesus. <laughs> go to him. And, and, and say, God, crucify, Lord, crucify my flesh. Give me the desire to want to kill the flesh. I don't, you know, even if I don't know, even if I'm not willing to do this, give me the desire to do it. Like he gives us the, both the will and to do, right? What he wants us to do in our lives. He, he does both. Like he's willing to even give us that desire, but to be honest before him and say, I'm lost. I don't know where to go. I know sin is not the answer. I know sin leads to death. I need life, Lord. Please do this in me. It's an active thing, though, right? We are, we, when we've tasted true life, we're going to know full well 
just how lacking sin really is. But this is an active thing. You're not going to taste that until we like act on it and say, Lord, I want to walk with you. I want you to work in my life. I want to spend time with you every day. I want to pray more. I want to listen to you and let you speak to me, give you space where I'm being quiet. I turn off the radio. I turn off the TV. I turn off my phone. Speak to me, Lord. And as you do that, it's an active thing that will produce like crazy results, right? We're all looking for results. This gives you results. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. This is, this is that action. If we live in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit, right? Our, we have new life in the spirit, right? And, and it, he's convicted us and he's made us new. But we need to walk in the spirit. We need to allow him to, to, to work it out daily because that is where we grow in the daily working it out. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, Envy, uh, uh, conceited, provoking one another, and envying one another. Don't let sin choke out what God is doing in your life. These are three things that can really mess up the, the body or fellowship and, and the church and what God wants to do, both in you and to those around you, right? Because that can happen too. Even as you're walking in the Spirit, God can be doing great things in you, and it's so easy to get caught up, right? It's so easy to start getting arrogant or think, Oh, I'm ready to write the book on how to be a Christian. Now, you start becoming conceited. It's all about you, right? It's, that's so easy to happen. Like, I, oh yeah, I love God and you know, he has a wonderful plan for me. The rest of you are just kind of like annoying and, and you guys don't get it. I get it. Provoking one another, right? That can happen, right? We start getting at each other. Division is a major problem in the body, and it speaks to heart issues, right? So provoking one another and envying one another. This is a major killer for what God wants to do because God wants us to look at each other and be like, how do I move you forward? How do I lift you up? But if you're conceited, you're all about yourself. If you're provoking one another, trying to pull others down, or you're envying one another, you want what they have. Man, you're missing out. We're gonna miss out. These are cancers in the body, like where God can start doing something that is, that is an amazing work of him. And he wants us to be lifting each other up and loving one another and saying, yeah, you go. Now here's a baton. You take it further than I've ever taken it before. Like you charge it, you go. Because it's not about me. That's freedom. That's life. We allow these things to come back in. It is going to strip the joy. It is going to strip the power and the just the, the beauty and purity of, of what God is doing in the church, in the body. God really wants to do something major in you. He wants to do something major in me, like way more than we could ever imagine, way more than we'll ever tap into, by the way. So imagine that, like, all right, he's got me saved. All right, God, I got it. I guess I'll just ride it out. No, that's not the point. He wants to take us further than we could ever imagine to do uh, to grow closer to the hymn than we could ever imagine, to give us all of these things, more love than we've ever imagined, more peace than we could have ever imagined, more joy than we could have ever imagined, more long-suffering, the ability to endure well than we could ever imagine, more kindness, more goodness, more faithfulness than we could ever imagine, more gentleness, and even more self-control than we could have ever imagined. 
Who is limiting us? It is us limiting us and the flesh. That's why when we see the flesh, when we see these things and we say, these things are evident and I see it in my own life, crucify it, mortify it, nail it to a cross and let it die and then be made more in him. He really can change us. The power to really change, it's there. If you don't believe me, try it. <laughs> Just do it. Say, Lord, here I am. Really change me. And start actively walking in him, right? And as we'll do that, we're going to see he really will change us from the inside out, which is exactly how we're supposed to change. The Judaizers, it's all fake. It's all phony. This is the real thing. Okay, so let's pray for that power to change. We all can grow in this. We all can be changed more. And he wants to do this in our lives. So let's just pray. God, we thank you for your, your grace for all of us, God. We thank you that you want to use us, that you want to change us, you want to make us more like you. God, we want to um, just say thank you for what you're, you've done, what you're doing. But God, we don't want to limit you at all. And we want to see, hey, if there's flesh running our life or this, these things are pulling at us and, and they're holding us back and they're keeping us in bondage. Lord, help us to do away with them today, to crucify them so that we can walk in a deeper understanding of who you are and a deeper uh, just uh, ability to see this fruit of, of these good things, the fruits of the spirit coming out of our life. We want all those, Lord. We need all of those. Because otherwise we're producing fruit that does not lead people to life, that does not lead people to you. And we're in turmoil ourselves. So God, help us to dig in deep, to trust you, to rely on you, and to allow you to do this in our lives. And to see that you really do have the power to change us. We are so thankful, God. You're so good to us. And uh, Lord, we're excited for what you're doing, what you're going to do in this can't wait till we can all meet together, Lord. We pray that that is soon. And I pray for each person listening to this, God, that you'd encourage them in this season and that you'd help them to grow. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining with us. We, are, we miss you so much. And, and I'm just so thankful for each person that's watching this and sharing this. And God's doing something in the midst of all of it. So thank you. Talk to you soon.